My first time was terrifying. My first time was scary. Exciting. Shocking. Traumatic. Sad. Awkward. Weird. Uncomfortable. Depressing. A relief. I thought I was dying. Meh. <laughs> My first time was horrifying. <laughs> My first time was empowering. My first time. time. First time. My name is Janet Mbogwa. I'm a media personality from Kenya, the founder of the award-winning Inuadada Foundation, author of My First Time, which has inspired this podcast about first-time period stories, and I'm a mom of two amazing boys. It's important to me that we continue normalizing and mainstreaming taboo conversations through diverse voices, because when everyone is included, everyone wins. Today's conversation is really speaking to somebody who's essentially at the front lines of a lot of the work we do. Um, Inuadada Foundation is about the push for menstrual justice, but it's also about agency, reproductive health and rights, economic empowerment, and psychosocial support, especially with survivors of gender-based violence. We have a center in Korogosho, and my guest today holds it down at the center. She's, um, she's incredible. She's helped us kind of build the program, especially around the PAD project. Um, and she's also part of the team that is always distributing to, uh, to schools around our center every month because we do a monthly distribution in schools. So without further ado, Fenny, it's so nice to have you. Thank you, Janet. Yeah. I'm Fenny from Korokocho Inodada uh, Foundation. And I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, Penny's, I don't want to say she's shy, because <laughs> <laughs> behind the scenes, but I think I wanted to have a conversation with you because, as I said, it's about the front lines, it's about yeah. the, the people who are really front and center when it comes to advocacy. Um, first of all, before we even get into anything, let's take it way back. Tell us about your first time story. Ah, nice. So I first had my first time and when I was around 14, 13 years old. I would say I was really privileged because I had received the information before, how to use the pad, how to handle the situation. But when I started my menses, it was a little bit tricky because I expected, I expected blood, but it did. I saw something else. The, what do you the discharge? The discharge, okay. thank you. So I was super scared and uh, my mom and I were not that close by then. So I was kind of tensed to tell her, but eventually I did. But before I did, I used to put on tissues. Luckily enough, my messes are not that heavy. Yeah, so I used to survive. Yeah. How long did you do that for? Almost a week, I'll say. Yeah. It was super gross. <laughs> it was Just, super gross. So when did you decide to... Tell her if you did that this is what's happening, and then after that, did you then begin start uh, using sanitary products? Yep. After a week, I told her, and she was super, super supportive. I'll say it was yeah, she was super supportive. And mm. from our school, we were given sanitary towels at least after every two months. It was a public school, but we were privileged enough to have them. Yeah, mm. started using it. My mom bought some for me. You know what I like about what you've said so far is you've used a lot of the word privilege, which is 
also where you know i come from and a lot of people yeah. that you don't realize that for so many people it isn't that simple and accessible like it was for us yeah. is that also something that you witnessed around you because you say you were privileged what about what was happening around you with other girls in your area and even as you were growing older did you notice did you begin to see a disparity or difference in other girls situations yeah yeah where i come from having a pad it's yeah. It's a, it's not a right to us, but it's it's a really really huge privilege. Uh, funny thing, it's so unfortunate. Not funny. I'll say that I experienced one experienced once after around 2020, 2020 after my phone fall, I went to visit my aunt, and again we are not that close. So I started my menses. I didn't have a pad. It was horrible because mm-hmm. all my life I've had a pad. I've never lacked any. Mm-hmm. And uh, that being said, a friend of mine recently, she told me that in their school, actually the school is actually next to us, the center. Mm-hmm. They were given a piece of pad. A piece. So imagine you've started your menses and it's a piece. For your entire period. For your entire period. Wow. And at home, maybe you live with your dad. Am I your aunt? It's hard. Yeah. And you can't ask because can't ask. we're also not in a culture that's comfortable having the conversations. Exactly. Is there any part of you that from a while back already made you passionate about the work you do now? Was there a turning point where you said, I want to be able to, you know, use what I know and what I understand to impact other people? Yeah, that was 2020. It was around 19 years. I felt bad for myself and for other girls. Like I really felt the need to have the part, but I didn't have back then. But now it's fit. I'm here. Mm-hmm. I can I can provide? Like yeah. I can give a hand to the people that don't have the parts. And it makes a difference, right? Because it we we're, we're always talking about um, which again is hard for people to understand exactly. when you think about the fact that. People have to choose between food and sanitary products or trade sex for pads. Um, is there any story or situation that has stuck with you that you saw that really made you realize, man, this is a problem? Whether or not it was somebody you know, but do you recall a situation that really made you see how important it is for girls to have sanitary products? Yeah. Again, my neighbor, she was a little bit older, but I used to hang around with her because I'm kind of an introvert, so I used to stay at home. She, she, she used uh, there mm-hmm. a piece of, of clothes, so she used to have a lot, lots and lots of them. And uh, again, unfortunately, desperate measures, desperate calls, a capata ball. Yeah. Mm. And that was because she didn't have the product. I'll say, yeah, mm-hmm. because. The car 50 book back then was a lot of cash. And even now the cost of living is becoming even higher, which is why I think we try to do our part along with other organizations. Um, What is the most fulfilling part for you about being somebody who is at a center? And maybe you can actually tell us a little bit about what you do at Inuadada Center and what for you is the most fulfilling part about it? It's the fact that I'm a hundred percent sure. Whenever a girl comes comes to our center, she'll never lack a pad, mm-hmm. and that's an A for me. And I'm so proud of myself because mm-hmm. I actually take part in the pad production. I do make the pads myself, mm-hmm. and like I said earlier, it's quite therapeutic 
for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I remember the first time <laughs> when we were yeah. the first yeah. time when we were setting up the machine, which was in May, May of 2022, and a month in, Fanny was like, "This is therapeutic." Oh, <laughs> um, and I haven't done it in a while, and I need to. I I've missed producing. You have. To. I've missed, <laughs> and I probably have lost my my ability to do it. Um, but then you are also, you know, there's so many other things you do. You're a musician. Yeah, I play the flute. Yeah. Where did that passion come from? Uh, playing the flute. Mm-hmm. I started playing the flute last year, October. Mm-hmm. That was after my interest in music from out of nowhere came. But it kind of acted like a healing process. Mm-hmm. I was going through a lot back then. And uh, yeah, music came in through. Yeah, we're still waiting for Fanny to come and give us a solo concert. <laughs> Hasn't happened uh, at the center. Um, and if we go back to, to, to the work that we continue to do, what do you think is one of the solutions, if you are asked, that need to happen in terms of allowing more girls and women to access sanitary products? I'll say civic education on the mm. girls. Uh, they should know that menses are natural. And from where I come from, there, there's still a key culture that doesn't doesn't favor the girl when they are going through their menses. Like when I'm going through my menses, I can't hold a baby. You know, it's 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 that tough. Mm-hmm. But civic education will do a lot of justice to us, mm-hmm. like them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we talk about how the lack of sanitary pads also affects so many other facets of life. I'd like to talk about that and also talk about the role of men, boys, community champions and how you think we need to include them in the conversation. So you've just said something interesting, that there's a stigma and taboo attached from you know, yeah. the community you come from. Um, all these myths and misconceptions about if you, you can't enter a house of worship, there's so many around the world. You know? um, how else does menstrual uh, or does menstruation affect or disrupt the lives of women and girls? What have you seen other than she doesn't have a pad and she can't go to school or she can't go to work? How are the, what other areas of life does it affect? Uh, I'd say teenage pregnancy. Mm. Yeah, from a place it's a problem. Because if I don't have the 50 shilling to buy the pad, actually 70 people right now, mm. to buy the pad, obvious, I'll go to my boyfriend. Huh? Mm. I can the pad, but I'll have to pay for it mm. in some way. And uh, it has affected a lot of girls. Mm-hmm. Teenage pregnancy, yep. Gender-based violence, is there any correlation that you've seen before? Mm-hmm. Gender-based violence, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll say, kind of, mm-hmm. when you don't have the 50 pop and uh, go to your boyfriend, of course, maybe at a kunyima, mm-hmm. you'll have to look option for option B, maybe for another guy, maybe mm-hmm. a friend, then akuja, the guy akuja ajue, my friend, tapigwa. Mm-hmm. So you've even had those situations. Yeah, it's that bad. It's mm-hmm. that bad. And it's so sad that in 2022, we're still having these conversations. But what do you think about the role of men and boys? Um, and how you think the more of them, if they're educated and know, do you think it would make a bigger difference? It, it will make a very huge difference, especially when you're teaching the girls mm-hmm. about mens- menstrual health and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I think the men should be there too. They should listen and learn from women what mm-hmm. we go through during our menses, what we need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that a lot more now. I mean, we work with Romanas at the center. He's the program's officer. And we try and also include a lot of male voices. Um, But I do think you're right. The more we have men and boys in the conversation, I think it creates a culture of empathy and understanding 
Um, but sometimes I just wonder what else is needed. What else do we need to do? What else, are, what else is missing in this conversation? And maybe that's the homework we need to do, you and I. What are your plans for the future, Fanny? If you were told today, name your dream, uh, what would it look like? What does the future look like ideally for Fanny? The future for me, ideally, mm-hmm. um, it's a future with no menstrual poverty. That's mm-hmm. one. And I'm also a huge advocate of men's, menstrual, mental health. Yeah. So, mm. my f- ah, mental so. health is a good one. Tell us about that. What What is the passion? Because there's also a correlation. The thing about menstrual health, I've noticed, is that there's so many other interconnected issues. And a big one is self esteem or mental health or depression in case you're struggling to get the product. But aside from the fact that it's menstrual health related to mental well being, what else is a passion point for you around? mental wellness i'm a huge fan of talking circles i didn't get that when when growing up because as my where i come my my family mm-hmm. i really love my mom though we are not that close so i used to go a lot through a lot of things my fam my family of course but single mm-hmm. but once i at in order i get that chance mm-hmm. to express myself mm-hmm. during the tandikalesa pro- mm-hmm. program and all mm-hmm. yeah I love talking circles. Tell me about what is what is that concept and how does it help with mental wellness? Personally, it's a healing process for me mm-hmm. because when I talk about it, the scar in my dangle key. And the talking circles is essentially for it's talking and it's a form of psychosocial support yeah. and a form of healing. What do you hope to do with the passion you have for mental wellness? What would you want to do? What would you want to see? Pursue a psychology mm. course and come back to my society, my community again and mm. offer them. Mm. I free, I'll do it for free mm. if it's for my community. For free, to the girls, maybe mm. the young girls, when you're metabol, maybe the stigma in the society. Mm. Yeah, because they're ostracized and they're not allowed to come back in. Uh, well, it was really nice having a conversation with you. And if you have any closing closing remarks, what's the one thing you want to end with for this podcast? Either a message of inspiration or something that you think is important, what would it be? Um, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, what I'll say is um, before you judge, make sure you know the story. Mm. We'll go through a lot out here, and uh, it will be nice if you take your time and listen rather than judge. That is powerful. There's no better way to end this episode. Once again, thank you to Fanny. Thank you. She's our team member at Inuadada Foundation, and you know you've heard yourself the passion, the conviction, and everything that she's doing in terms of distributing sanitary towels as part of our dist- monthly distribution. Um, and just again thinking through the fact that we need to be aware of what's happening with other people and find a way to play our own part. And I love how she ended with, before you judge, get to know the situation, which is so true. And where possible, plug into the conversations, whether you're male, female, boy, girl, parent, single, whatever it is, all of these conversations come back and affect each and every one of us. So if you're not participating, in a sense, I think, um, I'm not saying you're complicit, but I'm just saying where you can, in whichever way you can, whatever platform you have, 
make sure the conversation is out there because people's lives depend on it. So thank you again to Fanny and we'll see you again um, and check in with you again next time on the podcast of my first time stories. Bye.